So you are living proof that you can retire your wife in under 12 months. I am. You actually did that. I actually did that. Aisley? He is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to talk about this. This is super important for people. So one of the big one of one of the biggest issues that I hear people have is like, well, I can't start investing because it's just going to take too long, right? I have this I have this job, it takes all my time, and you know, I would love to put money away, but the money doesn't do anything. It doesn't grow fast enough. What would you have to say to those people? Because, and we're going to get into your story, which I'm really excited about. So his name's Ronnie. He committed to real estate full time in 2019. 2019. Yep. Yep. 2019. So you'll go. You'll go through your story a little bit. I want. I want everybody to hear your story because it's super important because it involves the devil, which is 401k, uh, <laughs> and and how you took control. Yeah. And how it actually benefited your life. So, so can you tell us a little bit about? how you started in real estate because you were coming from a space where you and your wife had, I mean, top tier consider like the, the epitome of W2 jobs. So like she's a teacher and you are a plant manager, a plant manager, right? Which is what people hope for. That's what they strive for when they're coming out of high school and college. And these are the things that people are looking for, for that longevity. And here you are with those things, Right. Not fulfilled, not happy. And so you decide to go out on a limb. You're like, I'm going to learn real estate. So how does that come about? Yeah. So I just, we just weren't happy. I mean, we both had good paying jobs, you know, family, white picket fence, and we just weren't happy. And I'm like, there's got to be more to life than. And you're still living paycheck to paycheck at that Paycheck point. to paycheck, really have no savings. Um, you Which know, I'm excited to go into. Yeah. <laughs> but so we, I, you know, I was dropping my daughter off at 6 a.m. and her school didn't start till nine in the morning. So I'm like, there's gotta be more to life than this. It's like, this isn't life, I'm not happy. So I read your book, got into that a little bit um, and then started like, I could do this, but I didn't dive all the way in. I just did a little bit every day, you know? So like whether that, you know, I won't get all into it, but whether that was just, you know, calling uh, vacant houses or whatever, writing on Craigslist, slowly got into it and then the momentum would start. Um, so you started by just building a little a little momentum. Just a little bit. Like, you know, today I'm going to call five people or I'm going to make five Craigslist posts or whatever it was. It was just something little to get us closer to getting out of that, like, you know, the W-2 job. And your initial goal was for you to quit your job. Correct. So like the whole time, and you even used to bust my balls about it, <laughs> is like, I need to get out of this W-2 job because I'm working, you know, getting there at four in the morning, coming home at five at night. And I was just miserable, hated life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the whole focus was Ronnie's got to get out of his life because Jess had a teaching job. So yeah. like n- never crossed our mind that she would be the one to quit because she's got the good health care, the, the STRS, which is like the retirement that they have. Um, so it never... Dangerously close to a 401k. Pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was actually a joke that I remember for... Well over a year. Like it was a long time where you guys were like, Ronnie, when are you quitting your job? Ronnie, quit your job, quit your job. And Ronnie comes in one day and he's like, my wife quit her job. <laughs> <laughs> but how cool is that? Yeah. Like this is, this, is, this is how quickly things can happen. When you start making good decisions, good decisions have compounding results. Most people think like, oh, if I make a good decision, it's just a linear result. So if my first decision is worth 500 bucks, my second good decision is going to be worth 500 bucks. Right. But you're a perfect spitting image example of your first good decision was to take control and make a decision that you were going to make a change. Correct. Like, okay, my first decision is going to make a change and I'm just going to start building momentum in a new direction. 
and I'm just going to start small. So that little bit of momentum, that little bit of starting a momentum in a different direction resulted in, how much was your first deal? Just $2,000. 2000 bucks. So your first good decision result, like financially, that could be measured was $2,000. Correct. Yep. So most people would think, well, the second good decision, what that's going to be worth, it's going to be worth 2000 bucks, like because your growth is linear, right? But in reality, growth is compounding. So your second good decision, uh, your second deal was like five grand or something, yeah, yeah. right? Which later the Ronnie becomes special. A, which, <laughs> yeah. which later becomes the joke of that's a Ronnie special. Even if the even if we could add a $20,000 spread, we're going to charge five. <laughs> right, right. Oh, you moved on from that too. Right, learn from there, yeah. But yeah, so you had compounding decisions or you had multiple good decisions in a row, which resulted in... Your wife being able to leave her job in twelve months. Yep. Yeah, we, ca- we calculated it before we sat down. It was like what? It was twelve months. Twelve months. When we were from full commit. Yep. To her leaving her job was twelve months. Correct. And it wasn't even like a full commit of like me quitting my job. It was just oh yeah focusing on doing something better every day to get closer to eventually leaving that job. And it really came down to like it was twelve months when she made the call. What allowed you to adopt? Because that, what that is, is a growth mindset. You adopted the infinite game. I'm just going to get better every day. What allowed you to adopt that? Like, what was that? Well, if, if you can pinpoint a time or if you can pinpoint, you know, a, a, a period in which you're like, a, a shift has to happen. Was it just a pain threshold that you, the, the story that you tell that hits me the hardest is when you dropping your daughter off. That was, I mean, that was like, that was it. That was the story. I mean, I can picture it to this day of like taking her at 6 a.m. to school as a kindergartner, and she's got this little girl with the book bag, and I'm dropping her off, and she's the first one there going into a gym sitting by herself. And I turn and look at her walking in, and she's all happy, and I'm like, and her school doesn't start for another three hours. And I'm like, There's got, this is not going to how we're doing it. So she sat in that gym. For three hours. For three hours. Coloring. Before anything would even start. Before school started. Every day? Every day, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was like, because me and my wife, we had to go to our, our W-2 jobs, at, you know, and we both were out of the house by six in the morning, so that's the only way we could get her to school was to do that. It was We had no option. So like that, that was like, made me focus on, okay, like once you got that $2,000 check, like, oh, wow, I created this money out of thin air, and you can make more. You could do it, you know more than once so that was the catalyst that was the catalyst of like thank you Avi. yeah Avi. she doesn't even know it to this day <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so. that she created that focus and momentum and, and discipline to do something every day to get us closer to what we wanted to do and i honestly i don't even know we didn't have a time frame i'm like all right this is when we're gonna because you were on me all the time about you gotta yeah. quit i'm like i'm, I'm not right this second and then yeah. It's shifted to like, wait, you, she's got to quit. That, that, I think that's what's incredible about this story is that in a joking but serious manner, we're like, hey, it's ready. For, it, it's time for you to full commit because by the time we were making those jokes, you were making thirty or $40,000 a month right. turning contracts and wholesaling. Right. Right. So it's like, dude, you can definitely leave. Like, you're going to be yeah, fine. Yeah, we had like like 10 units. I mean, we had... Yeah, you had 10, 12 rentals yeah, at that point. Yeah, so yeah. we had, we're making good on wholesale. And, and this is all in 12 months. Yeah, right. Like this is 12, like, and the rental portfolio continued to grow over the next 12, 18, 24 months, but... Right. Yeah, so this was all... It can happen so quickly when you decide. When you decide that you're going to make a change, it's just amazing what could really happen. And if you stay focused and disciplined... And like, like I said, like you don't have to do all going to happen in one day. I think people get misconstrued. Like it's got to happen this week. And if I, you know, 
I've called hundred people and I don't have a deal. Well, it, it works. Like it will work. You just got to consistently do something, you yeah. know, every day. When it came time to decide that just your wife was gonna was gonna leave her was <laughs> gonna leave her job, just if you can put on a scale of one to ten, one being comfortable, ten being crippling, like how uncomfortable was that decision? Um. It was very uncomfortable, but I think the excitement from her when we, because me and you talked about it and you were like, she's got to quit. And then I was like, you know, Todd's, she was on the call and yeah. she's like, yeah, I got it. And then she's like, do you think that the excitement from her was just like, are you guys being serious? Like you think, like, it was like, <laughs> okay, well, let's slow down, you know, like. And then, uh, after that, he was like, wait a second, no way I want to quit. Yeah, yeah. Like how is this turn around and now uh, you're quitting? I did all the, you know, all this work here and now you're, but that it was like. By far to this day, the better decision. Um, that was the right decision for the family. Correct. Yep. Yep. Because she was miserable. Like then you found out more about how miserable she was. She had to raise her hand to go use the restroom. You know, it was like just stupid stuff that she had to do day in and day out, and it just didn't make sense to and to have her still go to work. It was like just watching Aisley's face after she realized that Jess had to raise her hand to go to the bathroom. <laughs> she was the teacher. Yeah. She was the teacher. But she couldn't leave the room. But you can't leave the room. You can't leave the kids. Yeah. So she couldn't. She literally couldn't go to the restroom unless someone came and relieved her. So like yeah. you, like that, that kind of stuff is just. You look back on it, it's like, wow, why are, why do we do that? Or my yeah. favorite part of the story is the first time Jess came around, because when you you were committed to real estate before she was, and you were like, Jess is coming, and everyone was like, okay, she's not full in on this, she's <laughs> not fully convinced that this is gonna work. And that we're going to like be successful in real estate. So the first time she came around, she was very quiet. And she was like, she was just observing. And everyone was like, we need to make sure Jess understands that this is going to work. And now she does it with you. Correct. Yeah. So she, uh, good point. Because like when I first started this, she thought I was nuts. Like what? Well, she thought you were nuts because you were trying other odd end things. You were doing like. Yeah, I was doing Amazon, stuff. eBay, like all this crazy stuff selling on flea markets like yeah just always had something new and then the one day i said hey i'm gonna flip houses and she's like what like i she, think i think you said that she came home and you were reading i was um, reading the book the the wholesale book yeah and she's like you don't even read like you know <laughs> <laughs> don't act like you know how to read right? yeah <laughs> so he she, had the book open but he's listening to the audible <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so she was just again here we go again and you know, I would be up early in the morning doing Craigslist posts or whatever, listening to the, the group and um, yeah. Let's, let's touch on that for half a second. You were up before work posting Craigslist ads. You had to be work at four. Yeah. Or so, up at four. Yeah. I was up at like 3.30, was my 3.45 was my alarm, but yeah. So you got up even earlier I'm not even in bed yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't even go to sleep that early. At that time. <laughs> I was about to say, we're, we're all touching the same hour. We're just on different sides of it. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. We're all awake at the same time. So you actually got up earlier, even earlier. Yeah, and make... it wasn't much earlier, but it was just enough so I can knock out something to get me closer to what I said I was going to change. Yeah, so you start building momentum, and then you go into a stage of just full commitment. And you actually pulled up a picture this morning of really a representation of your full commitment, which is really cool that you have it. So yeah, it was, yeah, we should actually frame it. But it's um, I you found, should frame it. That it, would actually be really cool. Yeah, yeah. So what he's talking about is um, 
or what you're talking about is uh, I took 5,000 out of my 401k. And again, you have a wife, Jess, who yeah. is on the fence of like, what are you doing? And then you're like, I'm going to take 5,000 out for uh, a course and learn about wholesaling. And she's like, her mind is just like, what? Like, what are you doing? But again, I made that decision of I'm making a change. I'm doing it. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we, I, I found that today it was, it says June 24th, 2019. And it was when they deposited the 5,000 into my account from my 401k. So almost four years to the exact date, yep. 12 or 12 years, 12 months, about 12 months from that date, Jess is retiring. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So November of 2019. So you, you, you have the deposit June. Yeah. And that's uh, when I joined like. Couple, yeah. A month later. And yeah. Then... So you, so you, so you, you're signing up. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna full commit to this. In November, we meet each other. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we live. We, we meet each other. Away. I love that we live. We live 45 <laughs> minutes apart from, or an hour apart from each other. But we flew to Florida to meet. Right. <laughs> hey. Efficiency. Yeah. yeah so, so we meet each other in Florida in 2019, November of 2019. Correct. Yep. And then Jess is leaving that following year. Correct. Yep. Her job. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's. It's incredible. I mean, it's just a testament to when you actually go all in on something, when you leave the excuses behind, when you change the mindset from instant gratification to longevity to to delayed gratification. Like you, you didn't even know that was possible when you did it. Like this, this, this vision developed over time, right? Right. Yeah, and that's it, my focus was so that pain was so strong. It was like you're you're gonna do it and figure it out. So like the pain of seeing your daughter. And then you have two more that are coming up. You're like, well, I'm not dropping these two off at 6 a.m. anymore. So yeah. you see, you have that pain. It's so strong that you're going to do whatever, even if it's outside of the norm of what we've been taught. Like, you know, my parents are all, they they had good jobs that they've worked for 40 years. And her parents, same thing. They're old school. So going against that because of what you, that pain you felt is what kept us going. Yeah. It's just, it's. It's incredible to me is when you when you leave the excuses behind. I have a question for you. Why didn't you leave your money in a four hundred one k? I was about to ask that. <laughs> I was going to say. Wait, what do you mean? Like if what? We, if we went back, so two episodes we talked about the four hundred one k and why it's the devil and why you should not have a four hundred one k in our humble opinion, and we very, talked about how humble. we gave instructions. We said if you are watching this and you have a four hundred one k and you really believe us and you believe in this, what you should do with it, and you said. Take your money out of the 401k and if you don't put it into, if you don't have enough to put into like real estate, invest it in yourself. Mm-hmm. Take it and buy a course or something. And that's exactly what you did. So that's really cool that we're talking about it now. Yeah. You were an actual example of you took five grand at the time. You took it out. You took a loan on it. I took a loan on that it. That means yeah. you got to pay interest on it. Right? right. I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're all, you're all like, that is a financial commitment. That is a full commitment. And you have no money in your bank account. So now you're like... Well, I don't think you told anybody that. Right. No, we didn't so, have... Like so you had... 700... I think I took a screenshot of that before. We had like $700 in our bank account. As so you're our, 35 at the time? So four years ago. 30, yeah, 35. Yeah, so you're 35 at the time. Yeah. 700 bucks and... That that alone paints a picture. 700 bucks in your checking account with two people working full-time with good jobs. Paycheck and, to paycheck. With... with yeah, with we have and three. with three kids, so seven hundred dollars in your bank account and three kids. Correct, yep. and there are so many people living like that. Like that is not he's not the outlier there. He is you're part of the norm, right? At that point. And that was normal. Like this is how life. And until we 
decided to make a change, that's how life was going to be for a, a forever. Yeah. Like I, I don't see how it would have been any different. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of scary. Like, like how are we? I, I don't even know how we did it. You taking control of your life, your financial life, your commitment, your decision. I, w- I want you to picture this, okay? You were 35. As we believe things are linear, that means when you're 70, you would have had $1,400. Right. What do you think about that? Right. Okay. So you had um, five grand in your 401k to use. You took that five grand out. You invested it in yourself. How much money have you made in that three, four years since then? Oh, it's like, I, I don't know. It's not Ball, even. Like ballpark me. You're well, close to a million dollars. Right. You Our net worth, yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> don't your, be humble, Ronnie. Your, your net worth went from written in red pen. Right. Okay. Right. To taking out five grand. Right. To investing it in yourself, learning a skill set that can pay you forever and scale. And three years later, your net worth's nearly a million dollars, right around a million bucks. I think the last time we did your net worth, you were like eighteen dollars away from being a millionaire. Yeah, we were borderline. Like, yeah, it's not quite there because you were like, you're a million. I'm like, no, not yet. We can't. Well, you were. I think you were eighteen grand away or something. <laughs> yeah, it was silly something like stupid. That. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's in three years. You had been working for how many years before that? By what your whole life of twenty? I mean, like you know, like you've been working for fifteen, sixteen years before that, and had seven hundred dollars to your name. Right. You changed your thinking, invested in you first, and allowed that output to create, and that created a million dollars in net worth in thirty-six months. Wife retired in twelve months. Right. What's the next five years look like? Right, it's crazy. It's well, you have a whole other business, not like you have multiple businesses that have grown off of this now. Correct. Yeah. 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 It's crazy to like as you're saying that stuff. It's like, are you talking about like that's crazy that we did that <laughs> in like such a short? It's a really a short period of time, and like we were talking earlier, like there's no plans to stop. Like we're just like I'll be eighty doing this kind of stuff, you know, like yeah, buying real estate, doing whatever. But it's it's just crazy to think of how far. And we've come in just 36 months. And to you to be aware of the wealth cycle that you're building above you, like that's so because you have, you're practicing infinite banking, you have whole life policies, you have real estate, you have rental real estate, you've had promissory notes, you have a whole other cleaning business now that if you wanted to talk about, you can. Right. You have all these assets that you're building while your wife has time to be like, you have more time with your family now too. So you have more money, more net worth. More equity, more cash flow, and more time all all at once. With a small investment of 5K that I took out. Like, yeah, at the, at the time it was like uh, five grand that you yeah, took out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about. So I have a question. This You were just kind of getting to it. How has your relationship with your kids and your wife changed since all of this happened? Uh, yeah, so that's a good, great question. So like before, you don't really see each other like... You, you know, like you're in and out, you're, you're very frustrated because she hates her job, I hate my job. Then you get home, the kids need you for something, you gotta go pick them up or whatever. So now it's, we're all home when we wake up. There's there's no like alarms, there's no nothing. And it's it's amazing, like my wife can take the kids and put them on the bus, which before she's never put a kid on the bus once because yeah. she had to be at school at 6 a.m. So I was always putting them on the bus. So like our relationship with just each other has grown. Um, now we're working on a, the cleaning business together. Um, you know, and she's learned so much and got out of her shell because she was so timid and like, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. And it's just amazing how it's grown stronger for sure. Um, it goes without saying how incredibly proud of, proud of you I am. Like it, it, there's actually no words to explain like the level of, uh, appreciation I have 
for like the level of commitment and the, the results and the mindset that you've con- not only grown but continue to practice. Your cleaning business is 60 days old? Uh, yep, yeah, like getting on 75, 60, 75 days, yeah. Yeah, so it's two months old. It took you, and here's the beautiful part. You learn from making a commitment once in yourself. Like if I invest in me first, I will learn a skill set and then it will provide an outward result for me that is a scale that is unmatched. Correct. So this is what you did with the cleaning business now. You made a commitment. You invested in yourself. Got in a room with some people who've done similar service-based industry before. Yep. Didn't take almost any money. To start, you said a couple software. Yeah, just a couple hundred bucks, not even really. So you start this cleaning business with a couple hundred bucks. And it's after 30, 45 days, it was pacing six figures? Yeah, we're on pace for six figures, yeah. yeah I mean, we hit <laughs> yeah, we hit 10K the first second month in revenue. So, And that's all stuff of like, like you said, we I went and learned the skill set, learned. Mm-hmm. I think I told you I paid the guy to just get some questions, you know, so I invested in, again in knowledge and then just, just jumped in. We didn't even know, like, yeah. I mean, clean, like we don't know anything about, you know, like it's, <laughs> you know, but I just knew like, Hey, we need to, let's generate a couple more thousand dollars a month in revenue um, and do something where it's on autopilot. And that's kind of what I it researched and I, you know, learned about it. So this is a whole nother cash flowing asset that places into your wealth cycle. Correct. Yeah. That, you know, your real estate's able to pour into. Now this cleaning business can, service your real estate business and that's the whole point of it yeah so we make the money from there and then just feed it into the real estate yeah because now you've done wholesales you've done flips you've done long-term rentals you have a short-term rental that's operating really well you have a cleaning business that now services that alongside other people's assets and other people's personal homes right like you're just you've fully adopted problem solving as an income generator correct yeah that that's crazy when you say it like that but yeah that's if you can solve a problem, you'll, you'll make you'll make some money. You you mentioned something earlier. Somebody had sent me a message, and it's funny. You even mentioned like the way the way that you responded to it, and you're like, "Homie knows the answers already." Like you can you can your point was you can solve a problem anywhere, and if you understand how to do that, you're going to be helping them, and in in exchange, you're going to be paid for it. Right, right. Yeah, I think people think too much and. Like you just have to dive in. Like there's nothing, you know. A lot of people already know what to do. Yeah. They kind of have these excuses and you know whatever it is. They're not. They must not have any pain. Enough pain to. Pain's the ultimate catalyst, man. It, it really it is. Really, like. I think it's not enough pain and fear, like just the fear of jumping into it. Because what if you do it wrong the first time? Well, I can solve that fear for you right now and take away that unknown. You're going to do it wrong the first time. Oh, yeah. Done. Our first, <laughs> now you don't got to be worried about it. Now right. you can just go do it. Right. You're going to be terrible at it the first time. It's okay to suck at something for a while, I promise. <laughs> our first clean, we our, we just did, we paid the, the the house. Like, we lost $150 on our first clean. Like, yeah. we paid the cleaner more than we charged the customer. Like, but you learned how much from that experience. Oh, yeah. We're, I was like, shut it down. You know, we're losing. Like, we can't do this. <laughs> but you learned... But you, we just jumped in, and as we're even to this day, we're still learning as we're going. Like that's just, you have to do that. And uh, you're still learning, but now you're going to make six figures while doing it. Right, exactly. <laughs> you're getting paid to learn. You're always right. going to be learning too. Yeah. You said right before we started recording, Aisley 
uh, adjusted something on camera. And she was like, learn something every day. <laughs> I did. Always learning something. Always getting better here. I'm a photographer and I didn't know how to use this camera. I was like, learn something new every day. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, how are you in videography? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear a little bit about you and Jess's relationship and how you work together now that she doesn't work at her nine to five anymore. Oh, that's a good question. So what we do, we make sure... So we both now we have the real estate and the cleaning business. So what we had to really do is clearly define each other's roles in each part of that business and kind of go off of like what each other is good at. So like for me, for example, I'm good at like dealing with the people. Mm-hmm. So like if we get a customer for the cleaning or someone with the house, I always call and talk to them. But she always does like the back end stuff. So like the books or like dealing with the cleaners and things like that. So. The first thing we always did was always have clear, clearly defined goals, or not goals, but roles on what each other's supposed to be doing um, for each part of the business. So if something comes up with a bill, she takes care of it. Or if it's something with a, a customer's calling, I, you know, so it's just clear on what, um, who's doing what and when. When she first left her job, did she want to be involved in the business? Is, yeah. that, is that something that you guys talked about? or? Yeah, so that was a big thing too is like, I needed help. So it was like, okay, well, you know, instead of both of us quitting or whatever, so she quit and then helped me. And again, we had to define what was good for her to do. And that was, so she would write letters and we had a bunch of rental units then. So she would, she just took over the books and making sure all the bills were getting paid and things like that. So um, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, but it really helped me. So then I didn't have, like say, gave me more time to go create and get more, you know, wholesale deals or, you know, whatever at that time. Yeah, rental opportunities. Yeah, or, whatever. It was yeah. dealing with people that, that had problems. Yeah, so you, yeah, it allowed you to, both people to be involved in their strength. Correct. Or acting within their strength. Yeah, and I think that's important to really figure out what that is. Um, and then one thing we've been doing, which we've been slacking lately, but is we always meet on Monday, is like, all right, here's what's going on for the week. So we're all on the same page, even if it's, Here's what the business is. Here's what the kids, who's dropping off what, you know, like, so. So you run your business or you run your household like a business. then? Yeah. So we just want to make sure that everyone, so we're on the same page because, you know, we're so busy and like, you're kind of like the same person I am. Like if there's something going on and I don't think, you know, I don't always tell her what's going on, you know, like I'll just deal with it on the. What are you talking about? I I, I have a spotless track record of communicating (laughs) everything that's going on. I feel like that probably helps your communication a lot though. If you when you sit down on Monday and you talk about the week, yeah, and it does, and we yeah. realize if we do skip that, it causes issues. Because like, even though you are married, you're in business together too. Yep. And yeah. So it, it is. It's still a business relationship, even though you don't want to call your marriage a business relationship, but it is. Right, and then she'll say that sometimes, like, uh, "This is the business partner," you know, like this is. Oh, so you clarify like who's talking, like, like if I, I'm, like yeah. my wife's talking or business partner's talking. Yeah, she'll say that to me sometimes like hey this is me like i need to know an answer to this situation like sit down leave everything else alone um but i think the biggest thing is like that monday meeting which we you know if we slack and we don't do it it does affect yeah the week and i think that's very important to sit and just even if it's 15 20 minutes of like whiteboarding here's what we got going on today here's these customers you got to call whatever it is at least it's and we'll even write it here's what the kids haircuts whatever it just really helps our dynamic of our family when she left the job was it just immediately into rhythm or was there a period in which she kind of which i i call this the dip is where you leave your job and you think you're going to be excited and you're like i'm an entrepreneur and i'm building something right but we correlate so much of our self-worth with our work 
that after leaving the job, instead of feeling like an entrepreneur and excited, we typically feel unemployed. So you get depressed for a little bit. Right. Did she go through any of that or yeah. was this straight into rhythm? No, for sure. She went like, she didn't know her place. So she didn't know like oh. what she was doing to help us. Um, so then like we had her writing letters. So that was, she would write, get her list and she would write letters for us, even though it wasn't much at that time because it was so all new to us. Like we have this person with all this time, Yeah. you know, so we're trying to define what her role would be. And uh, so that's what we started with. She'd write letters and she'd get a list. And then if they call, then I would touch base with them. So yeah, she was definitely like, I, I need more. Like, I like to work. I want to do more and more. I'm like, you're doing fine. Like, that's all I need you to do. Like, I need you to write the letters and then take care of the kids. Like with that part, that's, that's, yeah. that's a big part of her role too now is just like, not so much the work stuff, but like she gets up in the morning and gets the lunches ready and the, gets all that done. Was there an adjustment period for recognizing that less is more? I think it was just so much new. It still was so new to us. Like you don't have to like work eight hours a day. When you're used to working nonstop every day, all day, and then you end up putting yourself into a position where you get more results with less work. Like how difficult was, was that? Was there a transitionary period where you had to essentially get good at being less busy? Right. Yeah. So like it, it was just, it was just such a hard transition. I just can remember her um, just feeling like I have to do more and there really wasn't much. Anything else to do. Yeah, like you're doing everything <laughs> we need you to do right now. Like we need you getting up with the kids and get them on the bus and all that. That's that's huge. Like that helps our family. That helps our business. And yeah, it was, it was a big part of it. So for you, you watched Todd's courses. You like invested in the courses, watched them. Before she quit her job, was there any sort of planning to quit the job so did she watch the courses how did she first get her hands into the business um so she never really watched like as much as i did she just kind of followed my lead so like whatever i had going i would kind of like give her like something to do with it so if it was like a rental property and we're flipping it like hey you got to call the insurance and the water and all that so i kind of like brought her along um and then she just learned as i was going you know of as I was going through the process, she kind of learned, okay, this is what he does. He sends it to the title company and all that. So she, she kind of didn't really watch the courses, but more of just watched me and then like picked up on that. Yeah. That makes sense. So she kind of learned through you. So I'm sure you teaching her also helped you learn to be better too. Right. Right. And I, and I think you, Todd taught me this is like, you know, you got to let them catch up. Like if you keep. Yes. So like, yes, that is so real. Right. So like, you got to understand, like they're not learning, they might not learn it as much as quick as you or whatever, but you have to stop and wait or you'll forever just be. That is a huge problem that I try to work with couples and especially married couples is there's typically one person who is ready to move at a quicker pace. And that person can get so far ahead of the other party that eventually they're just going to have to stop and allow the other party to come forward and let them in the car and then they can go together. <laughs> so you might as well just get in the car together to begin with right. and move at a slower pace, move at the pace of the person who's a little bit slower, but because the person who wants to move faster is never going to be able to pull that person along right. quick, quick enough or, or with a, enough effectiveness. That way the business is healthy right. and it'll just actually cause problems within the relationship. Yeah. And I had to learn that because I could tell, like, I was like, I already like simplest questions. Like I, you know, flying through the software for our rentals, just, she mm -hmm. didn't know how to do all that. And it was like, you just click here, do that. You know, yeah, and I you, had to, yeah like, you recognize, you, oh, I have hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of practice. Right. Yeah. And that I you just, don't have yet. Right. And I had to step back and be like, okay, like she's never done this before. You know, you have to take that step back and like you said, let them catch up 
and really to take the patience to go through everything that I've already known for like the back of my hand. So. And what's funny too is that how much better did you get when you slowed down to allow her to get in the car? That way you could go together anyways. Right. Like and you it, become way better. Oh yeah. And the business and everything flows. Now she, I don't have to work. I don't know anything about the expenses or whatever's going on. She, it's all her, that's her baby. Yeah. She takes care of all that and it just flows so much better. Now that I waited for her to catch up. Yeah. You're an actual team. Yeah. Per, that's a perfect. Yeah. Team. Yeah. So we talked about back when you had $700 in your bank account. Yeah. Was money a pro- <laughs> Just go <laughs> back just, to that. Let's oh, that yeah, let's, let's, bring, just, yeah, let's, let's just dig let's, into let's, that. Yeah, let's just twist that in the ribs. Yeah. Back then, was money a point of contention for your relationship? Or do you feel like you guys were pretty comfortable where you were? No, that was our. That was a huge like, anxiety-driven like thing. Was just like, we're, we're take, we just didn't have any money. It was like, all right, how are we going to pay for this? And it was just... It was horrible. It was just a stressful situation. Every month, everything that would come up, like if the air conditioner would have went out, we would have been screwed. I don't even know what we would have done, but we lived like that every week, every month. It was just terrible. It was horrible. For years. For years. But that's, but that's how we kind of live. Oh uh, yeah, you know, like, you know, we would do less for Christmases. We would do less for birthdays. You just do less because you didn't have any way to pay for it. It was just a miserable way to live. And the people around you, unknowingly support it because they're going through something similar. So they think financial minimalism is the answer. If you can just save, if you can just get expenses down with no focus on creation, and then you start getting lines that money doesn't grow on trees and time is money. You got to make money. You got to spend money to make money, which all of these things are false. <laughs> they're all bold faced lies right. that we've all believed. And you're a perfect example again of, you didn't have to do any of that right? to an extent to create what you've created. Like nobody on the planet would expect to have a $5,000 investment turn into a million dollar net worth, right? Right. So it doesn't take money to make money because you didn't have any money. Right. I didn't have any money when I started. Like if it took money to start, if it took money to make money, we would still be broke. Right. We would all be broke. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean like even just a perfect example of like the cleaning business, like we just literally created something with no money like i didn't use any money from real estate or anything you just created it you got it going yeah you built some momentum in it and then invested a little bit into it to shift it right your knowledge like to to your point you're like hey i invested in myself a little bit it was like a hundred bucks 200 bucks how much did you not even that probably like a hundred bucks yeah so for a hundred dollars you've created something that's now making 10 grand a month correct in 60 days right yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy to think about, and it's it's so. But you just have to have you just have to have that want. Like some people are fine, people are stuck in that. Like thinking this is life, and they we go to a job every day, and they you know we go paycheck to paycheck, and we got our two week vacation and and all that. But they and if they're happy that way, then you know that's. But they're not. No, they it's just conformity. Be. It's right. just blind conformity. You're just that's convincing yourself that you're happy with it because everybody else has it too. Yeah, you're just this. It's just how it is. If you don't question it. That's how you survive through it. But the second you question it, you adopted a growth mindset. And then it was like, could you go back? No. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Like, we talk about that all the time. Like, how we don't even know how we did it. I, right. No idea how we did it. You it was, actually are recognizing that it's easier to live like this. And before anybody's like, well, of course it's easier to live with more money. No. My point is, it's actually easier to get rich than it is to stay in the situation that you are. You're afraid to get rich. 
right. but it's actually easier to become rich than it is to stay in the situation that you are. People ask me all the time, well, how hard was it? Easier than when I was working in a cubicle. Oh, yeah. And we're going in at 3.30 in the morning and staying till 4 in the afternoon. And dropping your kid off at 6 a.m. when school doesn't start till 9. Right. And wondering where you're going to, if you can go on vacation in a week and... Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, it, it, that makes, yeah, it makes sense. It's crazy to think about. I, I don't know. I could never go back. You can never go back. To that life like that. But you existed like that for 15 years. And for, a, yeah. And that would have been like that forever. Yeah. And, we and you were never... just surviving. You were just like staying afloat. Barely. Yeah. We weren't enjoying life. For 15 like... years. So you... imagine that you don't make the change. It's scary to think about. It's actually terrifying. Terrifying. Like I, it just, I'm like, I feel blessed that I made, like, it's just so weird how it all happened. Like mm-hmm. four years ago and we made that decision and. Like where we're at now, like what if I didn't do that? Like where would we be? Because we wouldn't be, she would be miserable still working. Yeah. So, yeah, I wonder what the other teachers thought when she left. They all were like, well, I want to do that. Like save us, you know, it was like. (laughs) Bring us with you. (laughs) They're like, wow. Like, but like we didn't, like, and that's the thing too, is like I didn't do anything crazy. Like I didn't like create a something or invent something or like, yeah. this stuff's out there for everybody like it's like, all around you yeah it's like it, money and all the stuff i'm doing is basically creating money out of thin air i don't i'm not like making an invention or anything like that it's can you explain what making money out of thin air means to you because that's something that i talk about a lot and people are usually they they're like the, it's because you're rich you're yes. making money because you're rich it's not it's not that anybody can do it it's because you already have money so they're going to automatically discredit you saying that yeah i get the cross-eyed look so if someone else could explain <laughs> what creating money out of thin air actually means that would probably be very beneficial to people uh to me it's basically you're selling or something for something you didn't even own like i like you know what i mean technically so like when you wholesale you you have it for ten thousand and you give it to somebody for five thousand or fifteen thousand you just created five thousand dollars there, like out of thin air. You didn't even do, and you never left this couch. You know, it's like, yeah, that to me is like you created something. You're um, recognizing value at a discount, right? Like you just, if you can find anything, I'm already being discredited again. You keep explaining it, <laughs> yeah. But and then what's funny, what's great is all parties involved are happy. So like, you you know, the person that you got the ten thousand dollars happy to get rid of that, and this. The, you know, the guy that's buying it's got, is getting his house and then we're yeah. getting our fight. All three people are happy. Yeah, it's win, win, win across the board. And you got paid for providing a service that you didn't have to put money into. Zero dollars, yep. And that's the same thing with like the clean, same exact concept. We have a homeowner needs a house cleaned. I have cleaners. It, it's just... Your first deal of a couple grand was three times your savings account. Right. And that's when Jess's eyes went, oh, like... Yeah, yeah. So that brings us into experiences. What changes people's minds, and not just words. Yes, yes. Because she could see it like, oh, this, you know, this guy's got a book and he's telling you to do it. But until you all the, all the hours I put in, until those checks started coming in, it was it meant nothing. I remember the day that Denise looked at me, and she had decided that she wanted something, or there was an opportunity somewhere, and she looked me in the face and she said, "You better go get another house." And I was like, oh. The mindset has shifted. <laughs> it's all changed. She's starting I mean, to believe in it too. Yeah, she recognized that an asset was going to be more valuable than going back to work or going to trade time for something. It made more sense to actually go buy something, which goes through your expense account to create wealth. Like, what? What do you mean my expense account can create my income? Right. 
Yes. Just, just, I think for her when she, I don't even know if we should make this public or not, but she, <laughs> go ahead and do it. Ooh. Tell the people. No, but I like, not, I mean, I don't know, but like, so she was in that same mindset. But when she said, "I'm going to take my money out of my retirement and mm-hmm. we're going to go buy a house," like that's when it was like, she knows, like that's like it clicked, like she's all in. Oh, we're making that public. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the answer. So, so because like, of what it is, is what what it was. Is it's not about the money. People get caught up in retirement accounts and not touching them because they're like, I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose that because of fees and taxes. Yeah, yeah. Stop. Right. Stop recognizing that that dollar doesn't have control over you. What you actually want is control. If you control it, it will be more valuable. You are the value. The dollar's not the value. The dollar is worthless. It's useless until it is used. It is completely useless until it is used. So once you recognize and your your brain switches to control, it go, it go it goes when it goes from I hope it does this to I'll make it do this. And that's why we had no fear of taking it out because we did have the big penalties because she had a, a nice chunk in there. Yeah. So we got it killed with the penalties, but I'm like, we'll make that back. And you already did. You did, did. You made it back in one deal. One deal. And now you have access to it forever. That deal is still like it's still providing for you. That right. decision's still providing you. So that's yeah we did that we made the deal we made made paid for all the fees and then we yeah. put all that money into the the property and now we have her retirement could be that property and it's yeah getting us monthly cash flow that's the short term rental right yeah so the short term rental make is it's it should make what this month nine grand you said ten grand, eight, seven, grand? Eight, yeah eight seven eight nine grand this month yes eight, revenue yeah yeah so make nine grand this month it's building equity it's pay- <laughs> But instead of, yeah, so like... Instead of just hoping and praying that it's enough when you get old enough, when you're just old enough to take your cane and cripple your way to right. the account. But now we're... And then, and, then they, the- and then they split off 70% of it and then hand you 30% <laughs> of it and you go, thank you, sir. Right. Yeah. And then walk <laughs> off. Right. Yeah, then like you said, I'm getting riled up again. Hold up, let me. I'm gonna collect myself. <laughs> Do you, decompress yourself. So you have the, you said. So you started with wholesaling. How did you scale to where you are now? So what what are all of the things that you're doing now, in real estate? So I, you have the short term. You started the cleaning business, and how long did it take you to to get to each of those? Like what were the what was the timeline of that? So like I think the first part is wholesaling because you want to get that like that capital. So you had. We had a bunch of, you get a bunch of wholesale deals, you got the capital, and then you're like, okay, well, what do I got to do with this capital? And we just started investing in like um, rentals, mm-hmm. and then that scaled. And then as you're doing wholesaling, you're building these relationships, so then you meet guys that want, like, to, they have private money, so then they're like, now you can scale that rental business. Yeah. So now you got, I mean, there was one point, I think we had like 15 units or something at one time. Yeah. I mean, we're down to eight now, but, so then you scale that, down like you lost them you didn't sell them and make yeah, a bunch yeah. of money on them right right so then you're down to did you put it back in a 401k for that all right i'm done yeah, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. sorry <laughs> um so yeah then we had the rentals and then you wanted to where were we at no then we went to the short-term rental and then it was just more of like let's get another revenue stream and that's how i was thinking of like what else can i do kind of in real estate it's like a little branch off and that's where we had a bad experience with our short-term rental with cleaning. And I'm like, I could do this. Like, I could yeah. provide a better service than these. And that's where it all started. It was like, let me look into this. And that's so that started with the cleaning. But we still dabble and do all the other stuff. So, like, you know, we have a, a contract right now at wholesaling. It's at the title. So, 
Um, Your understanding of what's called radius, reaching across different industries and covering solutions, you're recycling capital. Right. I don't even know if you recognize that no, yet. No, I don't. But Okay, so what you did <laughs> is you understand, okay, real estate and this rental that I have needs a cleaning service. You have a bad experience. Most people will go, get rid of the real estate. Right. It can't be done. <laughs> like literally, that's where that, you know what? Save what you can that's left over. <laughs> right. That's the financial minimalism piece. But what you did is practice something called radius. And what you did is you understood, okay, if I have this piece, there is another service that can be provided that if let's say this could make me a thousand bucks, I can also provide this service to them and turn that thousand bucks into 1600 bucks. So an easy example is like you can correlate what is one person into that another one's probably going to be into? Like what industry? So car guys, they're very often into watches as well. So if you have a car service, what if you had a watch service alongside of it? Like I have friends that do this, right? right. So now their car sale becomes a watch sale with it. So their profit goes from 20 grand on a car to 40 grand because they buy a $20,000 watch too or $40,000 watch, $30,000 watch, whatever it is, right? right? So they correlate time pieces together with the with the cars. What you did is you recognized in your real estate business that if I have this service, right, I can have a thousand dollars a month from the rent, but I can also have another thousand from the cleaning. Right. So you're able to put that together. Right. So you turn one thousand into two thousand, but just by the way that you thought. Right. It's a type of monopoly that you build that you're building. By you, scaling yourself like that, you're you're building a monopoly because you don't have to rely on other people. Yeah, you're creating a full functioning service. Like that well cycle that you're building that's operating above you right now is built off your understanding of how much more quality you can provide by just having two services that service the same industry. Right. Yeah. I never thought of it. That two way. different industries right. coming together as one. Right. So the next question becomes like, all right, what's like the third one? Right. Right. What if I had a title company that could close the deals? Like, like that's just the brainstorming now that you it becomes. Whole hub of like... I'm not telling you to open a title company no. <laughs> and don't you dare go into property management. Yeah, <laughs> don't you d- no, you already- but but you always have to measure your time and value with that. Right. But it's very cool that you thought like that because not, not many people either think or understand like that. And right. maybe you did it accidentally, but it's just from you practicing that you went down that path. Right. Yeah, because you realized you could solve your own problems. And you didn't just you didn't just dip out. You were like, oh, let me just solve my problem. Right. And then what's good about the cleaning that we, as we get into it is there's reoccurring ones. So like those take less time. So like, you know, if we have Nancy who's twice a month at $80 net a month yeah like that just turned into like a reoccurring if you if you can get a hundred of those or 20 of those a month it's on autopilot like there's nothing yeah. i have to do now it's all set up the cleaners know they got to go there like just think if you buy a single family residential house and it nets you 300 a month if you have debt it's probably pretty decent right if you have four cleanings right you just bought yourself a new rental right but it didn't take any capital up front right like that's why it's so cool to have both you're balancing cash you're balancing cash flow and you're balancing equity and you're balancing debt. That's all money. Like right. all those things are money. And you're understanding how to balance those four things to maximize your potential. Right. That's very cool. Yeah, it's a good way. I never thought of it like that. But Oh, yeah. You're balancing capital while speeding it up. So speeding up the velocity of your capital is really important. Like how, can, how quickly can it go out and come back to me? When you first start, it goes out. And it takes a little while to come back and it's super scary. Right. But over time, especially like, just like you just said, what if I had 20 of these subscription cleanings or 50 or 100? Now your money's going out and coming right back to you the next day. You're getting income every single day from this, multiple times per day. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's crazy to think about. I, I never thought about it that way. 
Yeah. That so the the different industries pairing them together, solving uh, solving a problem that you had and becoming profitable off your own problem. Yeah, and then you take that's that, next next level, next tier thinking. Right. Yeah, and that's our whole goal is to take that money from the cleaning and then throw it into more real estate. Now we, yeah, you know, and we're still doing what we love to do is like you said, buy that. And then the real estate comes back to pay you and and build faster. Right. The the example that I can think of for me is when we had squatters in our rentals and we had to get them out and it took like 60 days to get them out. And I learned that skill set. And then that skill set became a huge asset for us because people would bring squatter houses to us. So we were able to profit off of our problem. Right. And it's probably a niche you didn't even know existed either. Not until I went through that pain. Right. <laughs> but then you understood the pain and you were able to profit off of it, which is really cool. Okay, so the change in thinking, the change in process, the change in results, what's the next five years? What's the next one year? Um, honestly, I think it's just keep practicing every day. Like we've, we've learned everything that we needed to get to this point. I think just practicing great every day. What's your actual North Star now? Like what, do you guys, what do you guys actually want? Is that something you guys talk about now? Um... I think we just like time. I think we're like more focused on just being together and like what, like, and a lot, a good thing with like, I know I keep reverting to this cleaning, but like, it's what we're doing right now, but is, does this bring us peace? So now we're focusing on. Oh, so you actually ask yourself that question before you move forward with it. Yeah. Like, is this bringing us peace? So like we ask that on just about anything now, like if, if it's a house or whatever it is in our lives, is this going to bring us peace? Or if it's like doing something that we don't want to do or any, anything. So that's like a big question um, that we live by quite a bit now. What, how, do you, how do you see that long-term piece though? So a lot, of, a lot of people, if they ask themselves that question, if it doesn't immediately bring them peace, they won't do it. So how do you see past that initial? Because pain before comfort is the principle that you follow. Right. Because right? whenever you go through pain, it's going to bring comfort in your decision making. So if you're asking yourself, you know, does this bring peace? Are you coming from a filter of immediately or eventually, or will this bring peace if we accomplish our goal? I think we're looking more down the long, long road because I think right at the beginning, it might not, it's going to be like, like you said before, when we've talked is entering chaos into your life. Like I like to do that. Oh and boy, I, we didn't even talk about that. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, so if just because it's chaos and doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing it. Like, it, yeah. like we, we know if we have chaos in our business, it's a good thing. Just like, because there's chaos or discomfort doesn't mean you're not going to have peace. Those can those aren't mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what he's talking about right now is the principle of there are different thresholds in your business. There are different levels in your business. So when you first start a business, it's just all chaos. Right. Yeah. There are no systems. There are no processes. There's no refinement. It's just like everybody's running around on fire hoping <laughs> that things will eventually be put out and you'll be profitable. Right. That's while you're running a nonprofit accidentally. Easily, have you ever we done are that? currently running a nonprofit, <laughs> not accidentally. We understand it now, <laughs> yeah. but we are running a nonprofit at this very moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not the goal, but yeah, yeah. it's currently a nonprofit. Yeah, you're just running around like on fire, hoping we things get put out. We are in the putting out fire stage. Exactly. Yeah. So that comes with a refinement and processes and systems. So at some point, you will become so refined in your business that the only way to grow is to introduce new chaos and do things differently and then build systems and build moats and processes around that. That way it's protected and then you break through a new ceiling. It's uncomfortable. It's crazy. And then that becomes a floor. And then the way to break through a new ceiling is to introduce more chaos. Right. So it's cool that that's 
the way that you're thinking about that. Right. You're like, oh, we got super refined in our rentals and our wholesaling and our systems and process. Well, we had this problem in our short-term rental business. So we'll just introduce chaos by adding a new business branch to it right. that can become profitable. So you become profitable and now you're working on the refinement piece. Right. And once it becomes stable enough, you'll be able to reintroduce chaos into it again. Yeah. And we kind of look at like, okay, how do we get peace? How does this look like we get the peace that we want in this business? So like mm. right now we're in the early stages with the chaos. doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing it, but like, all right, we want peace. Like how do we get there in this business that we've created? That's cool. So you're actually asking, you guys are having that conversation. Oh yeah. She's brought, yeah, we have that conversation quite, <laughs> quite often. Oh, she's brought that up. Yeah. Times. Yeah. So she always will say like, does this bring us peace? Is this what we want? And then it's kind of step back. Yeah. Where we're at right now, not what we want, but like this revenue and everything coming in is what we want, but how does it look? Um, if we want 10 grand a month from this, how can we do this with less chaos? Exactly. Exactly. And you got to be able to differentiate that, like to know where you're at. Right now we're in the chaos mode of building. Um, this isn't how it's going to be forever. But yeah. okay. But then looking at the down the road at the picture, bigger picture of peace, like what does that look like? Recognizing that is a big deal too, though. Because if you weren't able to recognize that you're in a chaos mode or in a place of chaos right now, and it's just temporary while you're learning and building, you wouldn't you wouldn't succeed. You would have quit already. Right, and I and I think that just takes practice, like you know, doing different things and just jumping in. That chaos comes with all that stuff. You kind of like learn how to navigate through that. Um, where does where does where does when you're introducing chaos? Do you have a bunch of fear that you're having to overcome? I mean, there's always fear, like, oh, God, is this going to work? But I don't think anything, me, I'm always thinking nothing bad's going to happen if you don't quit. Like, if you keep pushing ahead, like, I, I don't, I mean, it's always calculated risk, right? Like, you're not, I'm not, yeah. like, putting my family in a situation. I mean, we were talking about some things before of, like, these schemes and stuff. I'm not getting myself in that situation where if this does not work, I'm completely devastated. Yeah, you have to restart. Right. You're always yeah. taking calculated risks and... um you know, really looking at it before you dive in, but you have to dive in or you'll, you'll never grow. Yeah. That's why I'm so proud of her is because, I mean, you can just like look at the last 90 days of her life you go, okay, we're going to start a podcast. No idea what it's going to do. Right. We're gonna run you guys are in the chaos right now. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it's so fun. It's so exciting again. And yeah. we were just talking about how in my photography business, I'm at that point where I need to reintroduce chaos. I've reached that threshold. So having chaos here is so like inspiring. I'm like, I'm filled. Like I want to keep, I want to keep growing. Yeah. And that pours into, you just mentioned like, Hey, I got three, three new bookings unexpectedly. Yeah. So when you introduce that new chaos, like so many things, you're, you have problems. Problems don't go away, but it's so there's such better problems. Yeah. Like you had a problem in your cleaning business that you had too many orders coming in. What a problem to have. Right. Like just when you have problems with money, you either have too little or too much. There's no right amount. Right. But it's far better to have too much. Right. To try to solve that problem. So with you right now and the new bookings and uh, the photography and the videography what a problem to have yeah. in comparison to how do I get my first shoot? Right. Like what a problem to have to be like, I need to like reinvent myself. I need to do something new and like to put it in a new direction versus how do I make money and start a business in the first place? How do yes. I? Yeah. Yeah. Or like not having enough bookings. That's not a problem that I'm having. I'm really comfortable where I'm at right now. And the problem is that I'm too comfortable. Mm -hmm. 
that's that's a really different problem to have and i'm grateful to have that problem yeah that's why i'm so proud of you between the last 90 days of starting this making a major commitment in your personal life uh putting your first house under contract so you're moving towards closing on that which is really exciting i mean you got a lot of a lot of new changes so like your type of problem is i have to wait for closing versus <laughs> how do i ever buy a house like it's just very similar in 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 reality of the type of problem but yours is so much like that is a good problem to have you're yeah. gonna have you're gonna have problems but how can you make them good problems if you can ask yourself that question come from through that filter i'm gonna have problems how do i make sure that i'm having good problems as opposed to bad problems bad problem there's there's poor problems and rich problems how can i have rich problems poor problem is how can i pay for milk right rich problem is how do I, like, where do I put this excess capital into? Right. Right. So there's, that you, you can correlate almost every single problem together and you can have it be rich or poor. It's almost the same scenario, but it comes from a different perspective. So how do you come from the positive perspective? That could probably be an entire episode on its own. Like I have lists of problem types and problem scenarios yeah. where they look identical. They're named the same thing, but there's a rich example and a poor example. We should do a whole episode on that. So you we just will. start asking yourself, how can I be on the rich side? Maybe we do a whole episode on that. You guys can put in the comments if that's something that interests you because that is something we can absolutely talk on in, 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 a, in a full episode with examples and step-by-step process and how to achieve that. Yeah. And Ronnie, you've done really good today. Like you, this is a really good episode and you should definitely come back because there there's points that we didn't even get to touch on yet. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you guys want to hear more from Ronnie, more about his story, which has been <laughs> incredible. Dude, again, endlessly proud of you. Like the principles that you've applied, you've applied pain before comfort. You've introduced chaos into your life. You made a commitment. You recognize that the 401k is the devil, which you can go watch right now. If you've not watched that episode, if you want to hear me yell for 53 minutes <laughs> and not hear Aisley speak at all. I was silent. But like genuinely, Ronnie would not be where he is if he didn't. That That's how he got to where he is. Your yeah. 401k, getting rid of it. Yeah. You yeah. taking control. You guys taking control, understanding that control was what mattered the most with your money. And that is a huge thing, the control. It is it is everything. The biggest when, thing. Yeah, it's everything when it comes to money. It's understanding control and that you're the value. You did that. So you can go watch that episode right now. We will link that here at the end on an end card. And you can click on that and watch that video. So if you guys have any questions, put them in the comments below. We would love to hear what you guys are thinking. Also, make sure to let us know. If you want a full episode on rich versus poor problems and that the problem is named the exact same thing, but one's a rich problem, one's a poor problem, and you can come from either perspective and make a choice if you want that perspective, please put that down below because we can definitely make that video. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Yes. Okay. <laughs>